yeah, let's start uh, talking about clothes and stuff. Hi, and welcome to Something to Wear, a podcast about clothes, personal style, nostalgia, and fabric. We are your hosts, Wendy and Alice, two people who love clothes so much that we're recording in a closet. Let's get started. Let's start by introducing our guest today. Yes. Hello. Welcome, dear guest. Hi. It's good to be here, guys. This is my mother, Dito, and a style influence in my life. Oh, boy. I do not take credit for all that twee. No. Well, the, the, twees, the twees, the twees, the twees independently, independently developed. Is the twee in Oregon or is the twee within you? The twee's within me. Oh, yeah. The twee's within me, <laughs> but <laughs> um, the, the, the love of fiber arts and the love of craft and fabric and color has a lot of it has come from you. Cool. I did something <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's been with me my whole life too, so. Yeah. Yeah. And the boots. And the love of boots in the summer. Oh, boots. <laughs> I love boots. Yeah. I have one pair of shoes on this trip and it's my boots and they are so haggard and they are so iconic and they will get you through any situation unless it's raining or and you have to walk a long distance it's okay i can do it <laughs> there used to be nails sticking up from inside like the cobbler's nails that held the heels on oh my gosh the in the inside of the boot and the insole part original had worn away completely and so there were just the little heads of these tiny nails and i just wore them anyway I worked in them. I sometimes would wear them without socks and I just had little nails digging into my heels all the time and I didn't care. Like, I don't care. I look really good. It doesn't hurt that bad. It's not like... It's like acupuncture a little bit. Yeah, shiatsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's personalized shiatsu. Yes. Is the origin of the boots as grand as their uh, current permutation? The origin of the boots, a friend of mine went to a local vintage hardware shop. It's called Vintage Hardware. She came back and she told me that there was something there for me. I had to go buy these boots. And so they weren't, they're not a store that's known for selling clothing or clothing items. It's mostly architectural hardware. However, there were these boots and they were $10. They are a little bit too big for me. They're the only thing I think that's ever cost $10 at that store. And somebody had taken like a Sharpie and colored in the toes black, but that's worn away by now. The boots themselves, they have a strap across with a buckle, a big brass buckle. The zippers um, no longer work, so they just flap open. It's very piratey. And it fits my current style, but it's fit my past style as well. One other thing about these boots is the shoe fix guy in Astoria has worked on them so many times. And I took them in because one of the sides had gotten a crack in it. So he put a patch over the crack and I went to pick him up and he, he was a little bit proud. He's a very quiet man, but he, he was a little bit proud when he pulled the boots out and he's like, well, I put a patch over this crack on the side here. He's like, and I, I put a patch on the other boot, too, just so they'd match. <laughs> so now there are these two, like, half-circular leather patches on, on either boot on the outside. And they're just, they're just, 
like no other shoe. They've been resold so many times. I feel like we talk about boot resoling in every episode. But I know. It's well, like our favorite subject. <laughs> I know. I have a pair of boots that needs to be resold right now. We're always talking about <laughs> shoe guys. We're yeah. always talking about shoe guys. Well, you got to have a shoe guy. You got to have a shoe guy. I remember when you moved to Boston, Alice, and you're like, I don't know where the shoe guy is. And you know what? I went to a shoe guy and he was not as good as my shoe guy in Portland. And I just never went back and I still don't have a shoe guy. I've lived here seven years, but the shoe guy in Portland was so good. (laughs) And my shoe guy, it doesn't matter what you bring him. It can be nothing or like huge. And he's always like a week and a day. (laughs) So now I go in and I'm like, and he almost says, I'm like a week and a day. He's like, "Mm -hmm." hands me my tag. So you, you're visiting, obviously, so you've brought a little bit of a travel wardrobe. So can you tell us about sort of what you're currently wearing and what you've been wearing lately on this trip, but also in general? Well, I am wearing what I'm often wearing. So today I'm wearing one of my two pairs of pants, and these are leggings. And they're plum colored with a plaid, like a charcoal and like a beige plaid. And then I've got a charcoal tea tank top, excuse me. And then I've got one of my button-down shirts. I've been wearing a lot of button-down shirts lately. And so this one is pink and beige and white striped, three-quarter sleeves. Collar just won't stay down. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's good. It, it reminds me of like barbershop quartet. Oh, really? And then a little scarf that I got yesterday when we went to Garment District. So I got, uh, but I always have like a little bandana on. So this one is a uh, leopard print because I haven't worn a leopard print in so long. But everything I have is like in the basic palette. So these are these all go together like, yeah, that's it, I think. Oh, and my belt, of course, which I got at the shoe guy's place. <laughs> but I've had like three of these belts, and they're made in Oregon, not by the shoe guy. He doesn't make belts. They're, they've always been $40. I don't know how much they cost now with inflation, but they are the most solid belts that will last forever. I just have had some weight fluctuations, so I keep going through them. And then I get, like, a different weight, and I think, I don't need this other belt anymore. Then I get back to that weight, and I'm like, ah, I need that belt. (laughs) I have a couple of belts that I need to, like, take around because I'll I'll notch them, and then the notches will wear through the side of the buckle faster because I'm not notching them properly. I'm just, like, sticking a knife through them and twisting it a little bit. Oh, yeah. You're just like, let me punch a hole. Yeah. I need a little bigger hole punch. A little smaller hole punch. Um, So I'm going to working up the courage to bring that to someone to get some help. Yeah. Well, I I have a belt that needs to go to a belt guy, too, because... I, I used to wear it like at the like narrowest part of my waist and I had a very, very narrow waist because I was a teenager. And so I would just like sort of yank it and like it has like little like um it's it's three pieces of leather riveted together. So I would just pull it through and like rest the buckle on one of the riveted pieces of leather. <laughs> like it's a little ridge. And, uh, oh. and now it's broken. Surprise, surprise. I used to be incensed. Uh, that all of my belts couldn't fit around every single part of my body. I know. What's up with like, that? Like, I wanted, I wanted the same belt to work at my narrowest waist part and my widest hip part, and I didn't want to have to compromise oh. on that. Yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, wearing your belts as a bracelet, because I do that sometimes. <laughs> well, that also I've also worn them as a necklace. Oh, a choker. necklace belt. Yeah, the, you just wear your regular belt, but just around your neck, and it goes, like, <laughs> twice, and then you're like... <laughs> Right. That's like how you tell if a skirt's going to fit you at the thrift store is 
you put it around your neck and if it fits around your neck it's going to fit around your waist i have questions about that because i have gotten i i call myself fat now and i don't understand like does my neck thick into the same at the same rate as my waist like within that ratio so that whatever that magic ratio is half i guess it would be because the skirt's yeah. folded in half does that always work like I don't know has that worked for you historically I, feel I haven't like... had that much yes it has worked for me historically but... but like has it worked for you through all weight fluctuations I haven't tried it lately I, I guess I could like... do it I, I guess I could like just it measure my neck works up to a point right well it's a tough <laughs> the the geometry of this is confusing to me as well because I am not always convinced that something that fits around my neck is truly going to fit around me because like I got like I have a butt it just doesn't right. The, well, like, that's that's its own situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the waistband might be good, but the rest of me might be. Oh yeah, no. Oh it's yeah, not about totally. The yeah. That's, like I measure now, I just hold it up to my thing, and if yeah. I can't get those to fit halfway around my body, like I know it's not going to fit. That's what I do my with my bust. I'm like, will this shirt fit? And it's like goes out to like just just to just. I'm like, it's not going to fit. <laughs> it's amazing how all of us are human beings with volume, and yet. The clothing acts as if we are not supposed to have that volume. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're the traveling pants. That's real. Yeah. And then that is the thing. I was obsessed with the traveling pants. I was confused I, by the traveling pants. I was frustrated by the traveling pants because <laughs> <laughs> it's a full range of emotions, folks. Um, <laughs> I was I was disappointed by the traveling pants because I was like, magical pants? with magical powers that's going to give the wearers magical powers and i read the book some of the book and it was just like uh, they all fit in them they all fit in them and like maybe they get to kiss a boy but there's no magic involved it's just teenagers wearing the same pants anyone can do that i had a very intense connection to that book because it's set in maryland and i am from maryland and all the places are the same and so that was the first book i read where i was like wow there is a grocery store there where the (laughs) author is describing (sighs) it yeah and then i go see the movie Uh and, um, Uh and the movie like ruins it but that's not this is like one of my villain origin stories is i went with my neighbor and there's that scene where bailey the kid with cancer is describing how she's not afraid of death because she has cancer and she's thought about it. Okay. And everyone in the theater is silent. And I am a neurotic little nervous laugher. So I... (laughs) (laughs) And my next door neighbor was appalled. Uh uh And I was just so uncomfortable. I'd never had to confront that in a public setting like that before. (laughs) That's a question they ask on certain tests. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, the movie kind of like dispelled, like, well, it, it actually enhanced the magic because you had people of various body sizes. You mm-hmm. had, like, in the book, you could just imagine that they were all, you know, just slightly different proportion, but these pants worked. But in the movie. So I have had... a question. I didn't see the movie. Did they use the same pair of pants no on everyone? They no, they couldn't have because. Because there aren't any actual. The cast is pants. insane. It's like it's Blake Lively. Yeah. It's America Ferrer. Right. Exactly. That's her name. It's um the lady who plays Serena Vanderwoodson. No, that's Blake Lively again. <laughs> <laughs> it's Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Blake Lively and America Ferrera. No wonder those pants <laughs> no. fit most of the time. The woman who plays Rory Gilmore. I don't know. Mm. I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Uh, <laughs> I know her name. 
That's different. I'm looking than at the Golden Girls. No, yeah, yeah, it's the other alliterative G shirt. <laughs> okay. Well, there's also okay. Gossip Girl, which Blake Lively oh is on, and then oh. there's Girls. <laughs> yeah, no, that has... and I keep wanting to say Lena Dunham because her, I think her name is Lena, but she's it's not, not in she's that movie. Not Lena Dunham. No, it's Alexis Bledel. Oh, mm, okay, not Lena at all. Well, may the pants be with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whoever you are. So that's what I'm wearing. What are you wearing today, <laughs> Wendy? Whatever feels comfortable, doesn't it? You know, like. it's a weird, it's it's a weird question somehow. <laughs> but your outfit's really cute, so tell us about yeah. it. Thank you. Um, I am wearing a, a couple of different things. I'm wearing my uh, boots that I got resold recently. Oh. So very excited about them. They're a they're a wingtip blundstone that I've talked about before. I'm wearing some ripped jeans that I think are from. Amazon, but I bought at the thrift store uh, to take myself out of the equation. I'm wearing a striped boat neck shirt that I think is from Talbot's that I found at a Savers. And in order to move the action of the nautical stripes further up my neck, I'm wearing a Newport Folk Festival bandana that I've tied around it, feeling really cute about. It's really cute. It's very jaunty. Mm-hmm. Jaunty. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a that's a that's a key word. <laughs> and I was really excited to wear my trench coat with it here. Yeah, it's a great outfit. Nice. It's a great outfit. And wait, do the pants you say they came from Amazon? Does Amazon have a brand like Kirkland Signature with Costco? <laughs> like Amazon? Oh, is they like, do. Oh, but this is not. This is like an Amazon like fashion label. Like it's called like Ciro uh, or Siri or something. Okay. Um, but they make they make jeans, and I think they're like a direct to consumer. Mm. The factory thing that is vended through Amazon. I don't sure. Know. Or the thrift store. <laughs> or the thrift store. Speaking of Kirkland Signature, I... I love Kirkland Signature. <laughs> this is going somewhere and it is clothes related, I swear. So I used to thrift like giant... I thrifted a bunch of like giant cashmere sweaters in oh, yeah. in like college. I've done that a lot. You just go, you, you pull every cashmere sweater and then you're just cozy for the rest of the winter. And... This one, it was like sort of like a rich purple color and I had cut it down to be a more tight fitting sweater and then it had gone through the wash a couple times, like enough times to get a little bit felted and then I had been using it to cut elbow patches out of because it didn't fit me anymore and it had so many holes in it and it had some moths living in it so I finally went to go throw it away the other day and I looked at the tag and it was Kirkland Signature brand. And it was cashmere. It was cashmere Kirkland Signature. There was a day, I think, because I went to a Costco for the first time in my life when I was 15, so 40 years ago. And I don't remember much about that trip, but I do remember buying a wool sweater. It was like a 100% Shetland wool sweater with like a little bit. It might have been like a little bit of stripes, charcoal, basically. That was just like on the rack. Now it's all cheap yeah. so cheap i have a yeah. pair of target pajamas the ones that I, that I brought to estonia with us that like after one wash they sort of smell in like a chemical way that i can't mm. quite put my Alarming. finger on yeah hmm. how nice <laughs> target does sort of fill the gap that jc penny used to have for me and that's for basic yeah but you have to go through there frequently enough to pull the basics out of whatever trendy stuff is happening and it was not good today like there was a lot it's just i think it's just the fall thing like there was a lot of like cashmere like yeah but not but they right. were just fully like that kind of 
it was really soft acrylic, but it was tacky. It was almost like that weird matte feeling. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that just pills when you look at it. Oh, yeah. That's something I've heard you say in a store with me. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, probably. Seeing where it comes from. I'm very aware of, of of whether something is wool. Or just the seaming on stuff. I still remember going into Reformation with you and you were like, none of this is nice. Oh, I know. I wanted to have such a good time at Reformation. I had such a bad time. What are you wearing, Alice? Speaking oh. of wool. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> wool, thank you for asking. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Well, NPR humor for the moment. <laughs> I I am wearing um, a little green like sweater blouse out of wool that you made. It's like a bright green. It's got a bow. It's got little cap sleeves. It's so cute. It is. I love it and has a limited window because the day has to be chilly enough that I want to wear a wool shirt. But warm enough that I don't mind my arms being exposed. So every time it's an it's a day like that, I'm like, this this sweater's better it's time for it to come out. And it's like a it's like a bright, like kind of like a Kelly green but with a lot of depth in it. I dyed that. Yeah, it's a beautiful color. It started out as a blue yarn. Oh. A blue Shetland type yarn that I dyed that green. I don't know what I was thinking knitting a woolly cap sleeve <laughs> blouse. But hey I mean, it works on you now yeah. that it's shrunken. Yeah. So it was a little big for me when it was made and it was still a little big for me even now. So I put it through the wash and it's it's so now it's just a little bit of like a nicer length. It sits or hits kind of like my high hip and it's just a little bit more snug and I feel like it's become really like versatile. Wool shrinkage can sort of be a hack. Yeah. A if way. something's not quite right, yeah. sometimes all you need to do is wash it and then it's right. It's a really fine yarn. It's like... um slightly less than fingering weight yeah so if you knit you know that that it's fine I would never knit a sweater at that gauge for myself because it takes me twice the amount of time to make a sweater for myself than it would for somebody who's a straight size so anyway what else are you wearing uh so I'm wearing that and then I'm wearing a brown striped pencil skirt from the 60s that's part of a suit set that I'm sure I've talked about at this point on the podcast and it has Green stripes that are kind of pretty much in the same green and orange and beige. So wait, so have you accrued two fabulous skirt suit sets this year? Three, because I have I bought one in Bloomington that's yes. orange, like the orange velour with the vest. Wow, wow. and the oh, and the skirt right. and the little jacket. We gotta throw you some board meetings. <laughs> oh. Some seventies board meetings. Oh, you need the shoes for that. Yeah. You need uh, to have a specific shoe for that. What's for sure. the right shoe? It's serious. It's a sensible heel, but in a color. You yeah. Can... Oh, I actually would love a sensible heel in a color. I feel like I, I'm taking back what I said about sensible heels two episodes ago, three episodes ago. And then I am wearing some little gold and orange little dangly leaf earrings. And I'm wearing some sage green socks that you knit. And I'm wearing, <laughs> I or I was, not right now because I'm indoors, but when I was out and about, I was wearing a pair of little like Ugg suede buckle ankle boots that Wendy gave me. Are those Ugg? They actually are Ugg. Really? Yeah. They remind me of like Miss Moose stuff I would get in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, Ugg. For sure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was shocked. Go Ugg. Uh, yeah. I want to go Ugg. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the UG way that I've gone before, but in the new way. There's a there's a TikTok I saw of some lady talking about like the new Uggs for the season, and she's like, they're just hooves. <laughs> like hooves. If I want to wear a hoove, I'll you know. <laughs> she makes trotting noises like. 
No, totally my style. Um, how I described my style 20 years ago, <laughs> maybe, ago. <laughs> was Icelandic pony. Like, that was my style icon, were the Icelandic ponies with the, like, fringy hair, like, just the wild Vera hair. And, like, I would wear, like, multi-layered skirts, skirts on top of skirts. And then, I don't know what else, but, like, and there was oftentimes some Ugg boots involved. (laughs) Clip-clop, (laughs) clip-clop. So that's actually a great segue. I wanted to ask you, I know your personal style has been ever-evolving throughout your life and my life but what is sort of the latest iteration of your personal style what's the aesthetic you're going for right now okay you said pirate is it pirate no it's not pirate it's jaunty sailor ah <laughs> so different. yeah it is it is, different. It is notably different a pirate has been key in my life before but not like a johnny depp or a jimmy buffett like okay I don't know. I can't I don't know how to describe it but like but now it's jaunty sailor so always a little like little bandana around the neck this is kind of a big scarf I'm wearing today but like like I have a few hemlock bandanas so always a little something there and like yeah I have this idea that I want to feel like I may have like sailed to an exotic foreign land and bought something at a market and then I have these little brass earrings that have like a red thread they seem like they're probably from India or something and they were found in the lost and found at my last job. So I would like to have more uh, cropped wide leg pants, but not uh, yes, a little more cropped than I've seen people wearing because I've seen a lot of people wearing cropped pants lately, wide, wider leg, but they're always just like cropped right above the ankle and I want mine to be a little bit higher. Yeah. So it would like show the top of my boot just almost. Mm-hmm. So, but Jaunty Sailor, um, at my job now, my new job, I can only wear pants and I have to wear an apron for my job. So like everything, I like all my flare is kind of like above, like yeah. the, the collarbone area, you know, with the, the, the bandana. And the, I've been making hats because I have to wear a hat at work as well. So Jaunty Sailor-esque hats or little beanies or this or that, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, that's really fun. That's my current style. It's more androgynous than I've been in the past. And uh, so I just need to find pieces that fit with that. And they're going to come. Okay, so tell us about some of the iconic outfits that you've created throughout your life. Oh, God. I remember, like, I remember a couple that I spent so much time on when I was single, right before I met your dad. So this would have been 1990. And I was living in Eugene, Oregon, and I was going to shows all the time. So I, and I had a lot of free time because my mom was subsidizing you, me. Thanks, mom. So this one vintage dress that was from the 60s, it was a really ugly dress, but it was a beautiful, amazing fabric that was metallic brocade almost. But it was an abstract brocade and it had charcoal, a pale, pale gold and and like a white gold. And they were all in these kind of swirl wave bloops. The dress had a really high neck with like a little tabbed collar type thing. And then it had these boxy sleeves that were just above the elbow. So really unflattering. And it was a shift dress. So I can it, envision it. You know, it was it was super unflattering of its time. Totally. Yes. So I took that and cut out the sleeves all together, kept the high collar, darted it so that it really like flared out the hem like 
just it was really space age by the time I was done with it and then it was I hemmed it so short that you could see the curve of my butt and then I wore it with um this black leather cap black suede boots that were super pointy that I got in 1987 at rock and roll fashions and they had like two straps Mm. with three buckles each on each strap and they had a little like kitten heel and they were super pointy <laughs> and then I had these vintage char- charcoal, like plastic jewelry bead pieces that totally went with the metallic brocade of the dress. And I had shaved my eyebrows off also. That was a really great outfit. <laughs> I actually got invited to come up on stage at a show that night. And dance. That's really good. And then another one from the same era. Can I go? Yeah. yeah. All right. Go, go, so go. I had thrifted this like spaghetti strap, but crossed in the back hot. Pink. Well, it was like a dark hot pink terry cloth tank dress with slits up the sleeves. So I hemmed it so that it was a lot shorter, but it still had a little bit of the slit that went up to about like the top of my thigh. And then I had these tights that were like super psychedelic. Like it looked, everybody always thought they were tattoos, like sheer purple and green like swirling abstracts on my Ooh. legs i remember those tights. no do you did i have them you had some something very similar those were different they were a oh. space dyed tight that i got Never mind. <laughs> i remember different but similar tight oh yeah probably 10 years later they were so sheer and like they fooled everybody and then i had purple suede boots that had with a pointy toe and then I had done my hair and like I twisted it and plied it in like ropes and then like two days before the show so that by the time it was time for the show my hair would have been perfect like perfectly frizzy and not too stiff you know like Mm -hmm. oh and then I had a little black leather bag that I kept my ID and stuff in and that I tied around my leg like above my calf below my knee and then I just tucked the little pouch of the bag into the top of my boot so that when I needed to get something I would just have to like lean down and reach <laughs> into my boot and look like seductively whoever was standing near me whoever was guarding you whoever was there like I'm like I spent a lot of time on this and you can call me Barbarella. If you were inspired by Barbarella, I mean, like, that in itself is such a strong, iconic thing to take pages from. Like, what a movie. Oh, oh my God, I know. But I think that that Barbarella as an icon moved through the culture so strongly that even if you can't actually visualize exactly what she was wearing, it's just that era was so influential for people of my generation. We all want a furry spaceship. Listen. (laughs) I have never seen Barbarella. Oh my God. We have have two copies of it on DVD. (laughs) You can watch it. Anytime you want to watch it. Two different streams. You can like... Put it into each of my DVD players. Remember when we had four TVs downstairs? I do remember when we had four TVs downstairs. And I remember when we turned them all on at the same time. And then we ran out to look at the electric meter. And and it was just spinning so so fast. It was just an art project. I feel like I would often watch something on two TVs because the color was wrong on most of them. So, like, you could kind of triangulate the color (laughs) by, like, watching it on two televisions. (laughs) That's a vibe. But, like, how our thrifting shapes our style? Oh, um, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. because on a previous episode, you were talking about that virtuous fashionista who, yeah. like, collects pieces. And that that's not, I think that was more a, 
about status as well. But there is also that in the things that you hold on to, maybe, I don't know, maybe the things that you hold on to, they're building your style story over multiple decades. Yeah. But if you experiment a lot, then you might have like also a lot of random stuff. You can have a lot of random stuff, but you can kind of like peel away the things that are like truly random. And you end up with something that starts to feel cohesive after a time because it's yeah. all things that you love. Well, the thing the thing that's nice about thrifting is it's almost like um like working with with clay, where it's both it can be both additive and subtractive. It's additive in the thrill of the hunt, in mm-hmm. the types of things that speak to you, in the way that you've had sort of this through line over time. Because I think even if, even if you're experimenting with something, often you're making choices that have things in common with other choices you've made mm-hmm. regardless of if it's all in the same thrift store or like many thrift stores across the country wherever you're thrifting wherever but then it's also you know it's subtractive in that like when you do the purge the stronger stuff stays so it's almost like building like a like a chicken wire like sculpture i'm losing the clay metaphor but it's like, <laughs> i mean i'm paper mache yeah paper mache it's like, like a parade float and like there's something like left over that's like sturdier that then all the other stuff rests on yeah oh way. wow yeah like those churches I saw in Poland that like they had the foundations from like the 13th century. Wow. But then like the church was built in the 18th century or whatever, but it was on that old foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, like if over time one's body changes as it is want to do, I'm middle aged now, like past middle age, and I can't wear those pieces that I've collected. So I've gotten rid of them basically because I don't have space to store them. Right. But where that I have experienced has stayed with me. And so as I come out of my post-COVID hiding, it took me a while, and am re-entering the world of dial, I'm drawing on those things that I've stored in my head. I remember all those outfits. I remember multiple pieces that were so important to me that I no longer have, but I can look for them. I can use them as um, inspiration and all all those like threads are starting to kind of tie together mm. as I rebuild my wardrobe from thrift stores and what I can make. Who knows what the future holds? Right. So what are the through lines from your past that you're recreating into Jaunty Sailor? Absolute love of a power clash. Yes. M- mixing patterns and mixing colors in ways that, you know, I don't even wear black anymore. I just don't wear black anymore. And that's a color season decision, which I know we're not talking about color seasons right now. um, Some other episode. At one point I decided I was a soft autumn and I stopped wearing black. Interesting like sculptural lines in the clothing. So I like, you know, flares and I like tucks and I like things to be somewhat architectural almost. But I'm... I have a round body, so they're not really sharp, like a Tilda Swinton kind of thing. But this idea of like layering multiple pieces on top to create a silhouette, Mm -hmm. that's another thing. I'm really into the idea of the sweater vest right now. I'm really excited about like what I can do with like a crop sweater vest over a button up with some cropped pants. Yeah. You know, and then the boots, like I'm just, I'm obsessed right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love a sweater vest. 
I, I knit a sweater vest that I wear sometimes that I refuse to wash. So the, the it's recycled jean cotton, the yarn. So it, if oh. I wear a white shirt under it, it'll turn blue. Um, <laughs> oh. And I haven't actually woven the ends in because that, again, tells you what who I am in a knitting project. For you don't myself. need to weave ends in. <laughs> no, it's That's, art. You only it's do art. that for yourself. Like nobody <laughs> else sees the inside of that sweater. That's true. That's you true. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I am knitting a sweater vest right now, but I've never knit one. And I don't think I've actually owned a sweater vest, so I'm really excited about this new possibility. Also, I'm excited about sweater vests because you can make them quickly. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't have to do the sleeves. No yeah. And the sleeves are the worst part of a sleeve island. Is that is that a phrase? Yeah, never it's heard a thing. <gasps> sleeve island. You get <laughs> oh stuck my there. God. I've yeah, been, I've been stuck. I'm stuck on sleeve island right now. I'm also stuck. No, I've been stuck there times two. Right now. It doesn't make any sense to be stuck on Sleeve Island because it's just knitting, just like the body of the sweater. Yeah. And you're so close and to it the finish. it should be so much smaller. So we've been talking about through lines. So can you tell us a little bit about just sort of the the aspects of your situation that affect how you dress and what aesthetics you choose for yourself, what pieces you choose. Well, like in a perfect world, like we can just express ourselves creatively and like find pieces and collect pieces and make pieces as we need to and put them together. And it's just like work jobs where that's all okay. That's just all okay. I had a thought and I found that thing in a thrift store for $2 and I put it on my body and I'm going to work. Creative, I mean, creative expression is nailed. Everyone knows exactly who I am as soon as they see me and yeah. my employer is not bothered. <laughs> right? They right? know my true identity and they don't care. <laughs> so, uh, but as, as, you know, as we run, like sometimes we have limitations. In my case, I cannot wear skirts to work. So I work full time. Like it doesn't really make a lot of sense to like run home and like change and put on a skirt like because then I still have to do work at home you know so so I'm just shifting into like a pants centric life and so and then like as one's body changes like thrift stores aren't as kind to me anymore like there's just not as many options like finally there is starting to be more energy put into creating interesting clothes for larger human beings but that hasn't historically been the case so yeah, you don't so like, find a lot of vent true vintage the thrift store like captures things from like the last two to 15 years in the past mostly that won't deteriorate that won't deteriorate yeah um, they're not going anywhere they're not going anywhere but also that has not it's not been a particularly like exciting time for plus size people's clothes <laughs> well not that it have trickled down to the thrift store yet right if i you mean there is really a lot good, of you're gonna like, hold on to it ethical quote-unquote ethical clothing companies that are making really cool stuff for fat people yeah those clothes are out there they have not made it to my local goodwill like that i i'm still looking through lane bryant and some like torrid towards like great if you can get it you know for mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. level of thrifting and then just like the random weird pieces that so those are all limitations and so where do we how do we build style out of those limitations like it's the, you're sort of talking about the power of empowering constraints where through boundaries Ooh, we can that's sort very... of yeah that's 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 good if there's a rule <laughs> then you know it, it allows you to make decisions based off of that rule and it's easier in some ways than a blank canvas but we're also talking about 
difficulty here because <laughs> sometimes the resources that you physically need to find, it's almost like you have to like grind down the powders to make your own paint before you can even make the painting is sort of what you're talking about. Well, right. Sometimes I cannot find what I want. Right. And so then I have to make style choices based on what I can make for myself. And so currently um, I, I know I can make some pants. I can sew some pants for myself, but I haven't allocated the time for that and I'm not really that excited about doing it so I haven't done it but I am really focusing on knitwear so I can really push that forward and then just work with the pants that I have so like it's going to shift like you know really literally shift like the part of the body that I'm emphasizing until until the muse speaks you know then it's purple pants and so that's going to direct what choices I make yeah you do need some wide-legged pants I feel like the thesis of this conversation is you need a pair of wide-legged pants which um, I was going to ask the question like what are some things that you're like looking for or hoping to find fortuitously so I want a cropped blazer I'm just putting it out there, universe. <laughs> I want some wide-legged pants and think uh, I need some other shoes. <laughs> I, find it, I find it impossible to thrift shoes. I've gotten yeah. weirdly lucky, but I have very wide feet, so it's hard to find stuff. And then most of the shoes, to, we, Alice has talked about this, like they, they're so worn down by the time they get to the thrift store. It's like, mm, I don't know what's going to last me. I feel like weird about putting my yeah. foot into something that another person's foot has built you know has <laughs> yes like they have broken it in and made it theirs and the, the arches aren't right yeah I used to do it but now I I go back and forth I reel between like if it's too gross for me to fathom or if I just really like the shoe too much and it really depends <laughs> on the day and the shoe. <laughs> and it depends on the feel, too. Yeah. I just feel like if, if shoes end up in the thrift store, shoes are so, like, a good shoe is, like, quite expensive. It's pretty versatile. Most shoes are, like, can go with a lot of different outfits. People tend to not have that many of them. And if it's quality, they've spent a lot of money on it. And they want to hold on to it. And your your feet will change if your weight fluctuates really, like, a lot. But for the most part, a foot is, like, more of a static, yeah. like, size. Like, there are definitely some shoes I have that I bought, like, in college where, like, my feet have gotten a little wider. And it just doesn't – it's not quite as comfy as it was back oh. then. But, like – but for the most part, I can wear any shoe that I've had in the last, like, 10 years mm, have you ever seen that movie leningrad cowboys go america no, no but it sounds fun okay so <laughs> it, it's a movie go find it and watch it but they are from this finnish band and they all have these black hairdos that come swoop down in front of their faces and then curl up Flock like these seagulls? like-esque Okay. Like they're, but the more extreme. Got it, got it, got it. Swoop down and then point out. I don't know <laughs> if they actually curl that much. And then their boots do the same thing. They point and then curl a little oh, bit. Oh, like a little medieval, like a. My British friends call those winkle pickers. Winkle picker. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I want like either potato toed shoes or square toed shoes right now. Yeah. But I kind of want to like a reminiscent of like a Dutch potato toe like like maybe the little waistcoat with a couple of double 
Oh, brass well, that would be perfect for the jaunty no, sailor it's look. All, it's all there in my head. I'm just <laughs> waiting for these things to start showing up on my doorstep, <laughs> my thrift doorstep. I believe in this. I believe yeah, it's, it's going to find gonna, its way it's to you. Happen. The power of manifestation is real. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's getting to be just about time to wrap it up for this this evening's uh, interview episode podcast fun time but as usual we're going to leave you with a few questions what item are you hoping will come your way are you keeping an, an open uh, an eye peeled for in your journeys you know what are your style through lines what types of shapes colors objects have sort of held steady for you as your wardrobe has changed and finally, do you want a pair of pointy-toed boots? <laughs> <laughs> so that's all for tonight, folks. Um, you can, as usual, email us at somethingtowearpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at somethingtowearpodcast. And feel free to DM us there, too. Thank yeah. you so much to our special guest. Yeah, thanks, well, Dito. Thanks, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. It was great. I feel like we just talk more yeah and maybe we will sometime <laughs> i'm sure we will <laughs> but it was really great and i love yeah. your podcast guys thank you yeah thanks welcome. for being our our first listener <laughs>